deeper down the rabbit hole. Saturday, 6 p.m., live in Toronto, Ontario, at the Queen City Curio Occult and Spiritual Store. Welcome. It is Deep Down the Rabbit Hole, otherwise known as Queen City Curio Videocast, where we still are live because the truth comes out in live radio, not like podcasts where you can cover it up. Yep. Eventually, eventually we'll be back to live radio. We're, we're negotiating for that right now. And why do we want to be in live radio? Because shit happens on live radio that you'll never hear in a podcast, like real shit. And that's why if you listen to our podcast, you realize that that's all live recording. That's why we committed to putting it on YouTube Live because we've had people say she never would have expected and you can't when they can pause and you can't and we will not edit it out. Right. Mm -hmm. We won't. And actually a lot of times it's better than people think. I mean, like I think lots of people hate EA Quetting and every time he comes on our show, he shows a sort of vulnerability side that like you wouldn't expect you would from not expect. living God. Right. But we've had other people where we broke their glamour and we won't name names. Uh, broke their glamour and they had to actually have a real talk on magic. But we won't have to do any of that shit today because Stephanie is the real deal. That's but before we, before we bring Stephanie fully on, what do we have going on next Friday that's everyone asked for, both public and in private, said, please, please, in the New Year's, Andrea, can you please do this? Please. We got flooded by emails on this. And it is the massive chaos Baphomet. The famous ritual that Andrea does every year. Only for sponsors. More, sometimes more. Right. Well, this year we decided I'm not going to get my Facebook banned, so we're made it for sponsors only. Because <laughs> that's what happened last year. <laughs> Facebook banned me for doing a massive chaos bath, man. Facebook Live. And nope. then Facebook said, wait. Wait, that we did a bad on this. Sorry, you can repost it. We're like, what? <laughs> but they still banned my cut left a band. Wait, right, right. So yeah. The Master Chaos Baffling will be for similar oh. in purposes to what it is usually, which is creativity, um, sort of spiritual power at the expense of you sacrificing a weakness. It's Let's see, I met my wife with this ritual. I met you with this ritual. Yep. I've met a lot of interesting people after doing this ritual. Baphme is a complex entity, but if you uh, you want to get baptized in magic, this is probably the ritual to come to. It is. It absolutely is. Next Friday, we'll start probably 8 o'clock, but probably closer to 9. Yep, yep. And then we also have your tarot workshop on enchantment. Yeah, that's Magic for sponsors too, so they're gonna double up. Ten sponsors can come to that. Yep. For the Bath Massacre Bathme, you could be any level and we'll let you come in. So that's why spipping ourselves, but the only reason we mentioned it in the beginning of the show is because generally speaking, I think we did get about fifty emails asking where we're we gonna do it this year, and there you go. We yep, are. It was. We are, and we did get flooded. So today, we're going to talk about another controversial topic, and probably a controversial topic because the name of the book got a little bit of flack, too. We have Stephanie back on with us, and, you know, Stephanie's written, I don't know, 50 books now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. I have um, actually counted. So it's, it's at least 50. It's, it's 50. I aspire to write 50 books like Stephanie someday, you know, and she wrote a book called how to draw friends and sacrifice stuff to people. And of course, no one took the joke that the second part wasn't literal and gave her flack because the internet is just, I don't know. Trolls. It the internet is just trolls. trolls. <laughs> That's not trolls. I don't even know how to say it. It's not trolls. It's like, they just are like, see black magicians do actually sacrifice people. Okay. Right. <laughs> even though the even though the first like page of the actual book says this is like ironic and it's supposed to be a joke, Correct. you have to get rid of them. Yeah. Yes, precisely. I took the name appropriately in our preaching. I took the name exactly as how I thought it was supposed to be taken as a kind of funny spinoff of how to win friends right. and influence people. Absolutely. Right. Like it I was. thought it was supposed to be like a pun on that. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And it even says so, like in the in the beginning of the book, it explains why I why I wrote the book. I mean, if you look at the Goetia, like how many of those demons are for friends and dealing with social situations? Think about it. Yeah, a lot. It a, is. Lot. a lot. <clears throat> yeah. And I think people don't understand why. I mean, I mean, I think they do sort of. But they don't understand. They don't get it. Right. And and Zach, right? He'll speak to this himself. I think for many years, Zach thought, well, my ability matters so much more than who I know. Yep, absolutely. And that's not the modern world. That is and not that the wasn't, modern world. That's not the Goetia world either. Like, even medieval Renaissance magic is all about, well, who do you know that can act as a kind of opener or can give you a career or otherwise you're just kind of... Or give you a path that, a... May, path that people don't know about for opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and kind of people always think of this type of magic, and I think that's maybe where we get in. We should start the discussion is a lot of people think of this magic as you know very manipulative, but that isn't at all necessarily true. No, no, because because what I've done is I've I've taken common sense like social interaction and combined it with demonic magic or just regular uh, visualization magic and made it accessible to, I don't know, help people navigate the modern world. Because in this day and age, people are buying you and who you surround yourself with matters. So if you're constantly surrounding yourself with the drama queens, you're going to be seen as a drama queen. If you're constantly, if you're surrounding yourself with successful people, that's all, that's, I do believe like attracts like in that sense. You're going to, be more inspired. You're going to feel more motivated. So you're going to accomplish more and do great things. If you surround yourself with people who are accomplishing a lot and doing great things. I would so. like to agree and not agree with that. Like I totally agree with that. 100% to the point sort of, I won't say any names, but recent events like where people have unethical levels of taking that notion and throwing <clears throat> people away. Right. Right. And I think that's what people think about influence magic and all. It's somehow. Right. Like you're we, we all know people. the we yeah, we all know people that surround themselves by just a certain type of people, whether or not it's authentic or not. And they but don't here's really the, here's the thing though. Here's the thing I've noticed about truly successful people. First of all, truly successful people are self starters, they are self motivated, they do their own thing and they don't care what anyone else thinks. And if they find people leeching on them, they will immediately back off and, and push that person out of their life. Mm, it, mm. You know, I mean, there's a difference between like, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are all stroking each other's egos versus people who are actually doing things. Like one of the, one of the questions and, and, you know, I mean, as far as like glamor and influence magic, we could also say that you're basically pulling stuff from yourself. We're not like, we're not deceiving anybody. We're just taking Parts of ourselves that are already there and amplifying that. So that's what people see. So that's right. kind of how I approach it in the book. I don't approach it as like really deceiving anyone. Although there is a suggestion in there that for, you know, if you have, sometimes if you have like a difficult boss or leader that you have to deal with, sometimes it's good to take your ideas and say, oh, remember when you said this? And to make them accept your idea a little faster, I've had to do that a few times with people. And that is a bit manipulative, but that's probably the most manipulative thing in the book. And that's just dealing with like a sociopath. Well, right. And even on that point, <laughs> even when we ran to a mundane standards, like, all right, why do you get dressed up to go to a business interview? Why do you wear makeup as a female? It's to accentuate your best features. So right. when you're talking about the influence magic side, I think that that is it. Is that how you're putting their jacks to it? Not just the clothing, not just the makeup, etc. Right. But it's also also self-confidence or or, you know, being more precise or more direct because you can pull those things from yourself. Like maybe you're feeling really unsure of yourself, but you can pull something like that from within yourself and use that to get what you want. So and then a lot of that's sort of important, right, because we have to talk about influence in the TikTok age and what that actually means. and. Right. There's several people who would not in business, particularly now that I have an MBA, I've read those books, but are not necessarily like saying what you're saying about because you have a definition of what a successful person does that is not exactly what everyone else not it is what some people would say, but some people will also say, Well, yeah, if someone isn't also 
has that even if you're into what they're doing but they don't have the social standing that you have you shouldn't actually communicate with them at all but that's important distinction that we're making right because you're basically like well no right there's successful people your your ability to be successful also depends on your ability to sort of buck buck the not trends but the overwhelming yeah to do do your own thing still while also simultaneously giving the people what they want because people buy you like like for example one of the things like if you're let's say you're selling cars okay we're going to go back to the old dale carnegie stuff because a lot of his stuff is all salesmanship right and of course he tells you to do stuff like like lie and say you like somebody or pretend just to get the sale and i'm saying don't do that because empathetic people are going to spot that right off and know you're a fake and and point you out as a shyster okay because in the day, this modern day and age, I don't think that's that's appropriate. But if you're gonna, if you're trying to, for example, sell a car, you basically want to find out how you can solve that person's how you can solve that person's problem, relate to them on a personal level in some way, uh, but at the same time, not being not being disingenuous about it, not being like, oh yeah, I can see you in this this Porsche. I mean, you got to be a little more realistic. And people buy you. If they like you, they, they might buy your Porsche. I don't know. If they like you as a salesperson, they're actually going to buy into what you're selling, whatever that may be, more than if they don't like you as a person. If they don't like you as a person, you're going to have, I mean, your product would have to be just the most amazing thing for them to, you know, grab it and, and say, yeah, I want this. So, I mean, that's being a successful salesperson is kind of about how you relate to other people, how you make them feel. So, And a lot of the demons, by the way, we should say, like all this black magic is about better being able to relate to people in some cases. You know, like, yeah, about I mean, that. it sounds weird, but like, I mean, like all the Astroth spells in the book, really about, I don't know, softening your rough edges so that way people might actually see. Yeah, yeah, people actually could feel okay. I mean, but this is probably... You know, even before, like, we were talking about, I mean, we're talking about a book on demonology, but we're actually talking about there's a whole section on appreciate others and express that appreciation. And, like, you know, not easy stuff, actually, especially maybe not nowadays. Well, and I think uh, also, it also, you also have to, like, work on yourself a lot for a lot of yeah. this stuff, too. Usually, when you have a negative reaction to another person, you're reacting to your, something in yourself. That's almost always the truth. Um, Almost yeah. always. And it's like even things like remembering a person's name. That's actually a big deal when you're actually talking to people. <laughs> like hearing your name was at the psychology things like three times, I think it is, that you have to say it in a conversation for them to even like start to do that likability to you. So you're not separating the magic from the psychology, which is actually really nice in this book because a lot of people would say, oh, just do the spell. But you're saying, no, this is practical. Well, like there's a simple spell in here for Astaroth to like take a piece of paper, sit with it in a candle, and just Astaroth, hey, who who do I actually appreciate or who should I appreciate that I'm not? And, you know, like help me find those people because it's easy to appreciate the people who sort of flatter you and not appreciate the people who actually support you. And I could see why this spell would be a great thing. Like who should I actually be thinking who should i be telling yeah this is really like this person really did a lot a salad for you and i think yeah. that's a beautiful spell because astaroth is all about kind of this venusian interconnection and i mean i know everyone thinks you just call astaroth for lovers but actually call astaroth to find new friends it's right. sort of weird and it works very well for that like mm -hmm. like like who yeah that's yeah that's I always view you Astroth as more of a of a friendship demon, to be honest. I mean, I'm sure with some people maybe that does mean <clears throat> only love, but honestly, like I've always found it to be like I don't know. I just always call Astroth when I want to find actual new authentic friends. And not necessarily uh friends I'm attracted to, like in that way. Like I mean just friends, like Yeah. You people know. you want to spend time with, hang out with, get to know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of it, you'll notice like a lot of the spells in there deal with like sitting with yourself and your thoughts and really examining your own thoughts by writing stuff down. Because I think the power of the written word in magic is often under underrated. It goes unnoticed a lot of the times. People don't realize that just the power of committing something to paper, 
and even saying it even saying it out loud right mm -hmm. because if you have to say it out loud it might actually be true if you write it down it might actually be true there's sort of a commitment to your thoughts that happens when you have to do that right that makes horrible people horribly yeah. yeah it makes people horribly horribly uncomfortable right uncomfortable yeah now one of the other spells that you have them in the same section it is is actually pretty useful it means something slightly different but it's like when you have a new person coming into sort of a social setting you have a spell it's probably another astroth spell actually that sounds like an astroth that sounds like what i would do with an astroth spell to bring that person into the sort of fold as it were like as into sort of there's an established group and you're trying to bring that new person in and the spell is to kind of ease it, mm -hmm. ease the social kind of boundaries to entry. Cause yeah, what this spell is getting at is people are basically tribal and the mm -hmm. spell sort of, it kind of limits, lowers the tribal boundaries. Right. And make, makes them a little more open to, to accepting a new person, to bringing a new person right. and be inclusive. Yeah. And we're talking a lot about Astaroth today, but that's sort of like a perfect Astaroth spell. Like it's like, absolutely, like mm -hmm. oh look, this person actually is fun. They bring joy. They're kind of cool. Like it's kind of like, you know, like yeah, it's adding joy for that extra person to be hanging around. That's sort of like Astaroth in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. So the title of the book again was how to draw friends and sacrifice stuff. Toxic, toxic people. Maybe we should talk about the sacrificing toxic people right. a little bit too. And by sacrifice, I mean to make sacred those relationships that no longer serve us. Be thankful for having them because they probably taught you a great deal. But be willing to let them go for the sake of you and for other people. Because I use a few examples in the book where sometimes, sometimes people just grow apart and they need to be apart to be at their best. Because staying together in staying together for any reason, whether it's friendship, you know, a work partnership, or even romantic relationship, staying together is harmful to both people. Because it's very rarely that one person is just toxic to another. I mean, we often, you know, when you when you break up with a friend, so to speak, it's always the other person who's toxic, you know, that we just yeah. stop to, we don't stop to realize our own toxicity in that relationship about what we may have done to spur that toxicity. And because it takes two to tango, right? And yeah, sometimes it is the other person, but sometimes it's us too, you know? Sometimes it's a combination of both people. It's not that but even that if it person is, is toxic, it's the even, relationship itself is toxic, not the people. Right. E even if it is the all the other person because their life change or something like that, not the same. You know, so what? Like you trying to hold on to something that is just not existing anymore is toxic. Right. that is toxic exactly. like it's sort of like you know most people know when sort of a friendship's ending and you know because someone else's life changed radically and you're trying to keep the past and keep them the same is in fact toxic it's like the attachment is then toxic so like so it is the relationship or the relationship in its current form i mean we right. should specify that it could possibly be after a little time that maybe you and a friend you know, reconcile. take a little break, right? right? And you kind of say, like, yeah, this is, this isn't bad, or you know, like it could be like that. Their situation changes where maybe they're not as maybe they're not they they go through therapy or something like that, and they're not coming from the same place, maybe of codependence or something like that, or or other sort of energy sort of holes that they kind of are able to fix in themselves or something. Like lots of things can change. That maybe it isn't always that way. So. You know, it's not quite like you're sacrificing them permanently, but you are saying, hey, maybe it's just not working like something. Mm -hmm. Right. And you get you have to cut those ties. So there's a lot of you'll find a lot of cord cutting rituals in there. Yeah. And and basically identifying toxic people or situations for that matter, not just people. There are toxic situations as well. So so maybe you could talk about that. Like, how do you cord <laughs> cut or how would you cut out a a toxic situation because now we're like saying you know like the book sort of expanding from just people to also those kind of situations right well i mean it's basically very symbolic cord cutting rituals are very symbolic you basically you can choose like an item they have like you know the human figure candles you could take two of those 
and tie rope or, or string around each one of them, tying them together. So you have a visual representation and you can, you can focus your intent on that and then symbolically move them further and further and further apart until the cord is tight and then cut that cord. And then imagine that person walking away from you or visualizing. So there's a lot of visualization that goes into a cord cutting ritual, I think. Yeah. And a well, lot of symbology because that, that helps a lot of people focus their intent. If they do like something like, you know, candle magic or whatever to help with that. Which, you know, by the way, we, we basically have those candles here. So here at the center. And multiple colors. You know what? Like another variant of that ritual that I've, I've kind of used before is instead of cutting them, I burn the cords. Yes. I've seen that done too. Yeah, absolutely. And then it kind of like, you know, then it's kind of like, it like burns that connection between you so that you can, you can move apart. There's like nothing keeping you there at that point. You know yeah, exactly. what I'm saying? Not, not even. Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good choice too. Then back on the, Back on the, back on the, you know, same train we've been talking about Astaroth. You have an interesting spell with manifesting friends that are successful and positive for you. Yeah, because it's easy, but it's probably easy to to manifest successful friends who are toxic. <laughs> like, right, right. So yeah, it, friends that are actually like that are actually going to, you know, you can motivate them. They can motivate you. There's like some give and take there that, you know, not, you don't just have one friend always giving. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it does, you do really need to be specific when you are doing a drawing friends ritual. You need to be very specific in what exactly you want. And yeah, some people may just want superficial friendships so they can ride coattails or whatever, or get in on, on, uh, you know, uh, promo opportunities or whatever. But the reality is that it is important to do some give and take if, if at all possible there, because, you know, uh, that, that person's not positive for you if they're not helping promote and, and lift you up as well. You know, if they don't, if they don't believe a rising tide lifts all boats, then they're probably not the type of friend you want, no matter how successful they are, because then they're just out for themselves and they're not going to, to reciprocate if you like, you know, promote their stuff or, you know, their work or whatever that they're doing, they're probably not going to, you know, if you, if you do that for them and they're not going to do it for you back, that's kind of a, you know, shaky ground there. So, I mean, you want to be very specific. And of course, I'm not just talking like, you know, just, just success. Like if you want to, if you're, you're in business for yourself, because really, I mean, because it was inspired by a business book, I kind of like kept it as a business book, but kind of expanded it. Um, you may want, you know, successful friends in other parts of your life just so you're around eight people who aren't always downtrodden and don't always have like a problem every other day you know i mean that can be not i mean i understand some people just have have really bad lives or whatever but that can be very exhausting to have somebody who just comes to you day after day after day with nothing but problems so that can be very tedious and can actually drag people down on the flip side of that, like, you know, there's another side of that where there are actually people who will cut people out if they have the slightest problem. That's not exactly what we're talking about, right? No, no. Uh, I mean, because, like, this is where the flip side comes in. Mm -hmm. Like, we could say, like, you know, no, they should have no problems ever. And mm -hmm. our relationship's based only on positivity. And if you're not that, get out. Right, because that, that, that gets into did you, did you, Yeah. The toxic positivity. It does, which yeah. this kind of goes into a little bit, right? Because mm -hmm. although like I personally, this is like a good combination of business. A lot of the stuff in here, if taken to an unbalanced thing, could lead to toxic positivity. Like it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, always praise people, you know. Uh, worthy of praise. But that's the key, that right? Yeah. You did put that in there. They have to be worthy of praise. And if the people around you are not worthy of praise, here's a ritual to bring people around you worthy of praise. That's sort of that's sort of what you said that and then you had a ritual to literally bring people around you that were you could find something praiseworthy in them. Because right. in and that's key, they have to be worthy of praise. Like mm -hmm. but I'm a lot saying, of Well, I'm not saying like you need to like kick out everybody who's who's 
not worthy of praise and everybody who has any negativity or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, you know who the Debbie Downers are. Okay. I mean, we've all seen them. They come through our Facebook feed every now and again. Every day, it's like a new drama. It's like, oh my God, you know, my cat got hit by hit by a truck. Oh my God, everybody died yesterday. Oh my God, my house blew up. And it's just one problem after another. And it's like, and or, you know, oh, I'm broke. Oh, I'm living in my car. Oh, I don't know where I'm going to get my next meal. Oh, I don't, you know, and it's like, damn, maybe you should make some better life decisions or we should try to find some way to get you sorted. But then even when you help people like that, there's still a drama every other day. They still need all of your attention and all of your time 24-7. Those are the people I'm talking about, about booting, because they they exist just to, to pull your attention. And I'm not saying they don't have real problems. They do obviously have problems, but sometimes they create problems just for attention. Or they're mm. just negative people 24-7. And when you're trying to be, when you're trying to get things done and be productive and be self-motivated and all of that, all that stuff kind of dri drives you, it pulls you back, pulls you down um, because you're constantly having to deal with this person in your life who always needs your help because they're always having a drama or some sort of, you know, some sort of crazy thing going on in their life that everybody around them must also participate in. They drag you into it. Those are the people I'm talking about removing. Those are the people. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, successful people don't have their problems. We have our problems. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, I'm not saying that all of your friends are going to be positive 100% of the time, but they're not going to go out of their way to drag all their other friends, friends down with them. You know, I mean, if they need help, they'll come to you and they'll say, Hey, I need help. And I think some of this too, like there's other spells in here, which we talk about, about persuasion, of course, because it's an influence book, but there's also spells that, you know, like I, I would call them calibration spells, like the intention spell, knowing if someone's intention is honorable, like, mm -hmm. right. And some of that is calibrating to yourself is, are you being honorable to yourself? Are you being honest to yourself? But that's a Lucifer spell that basically that you have in the book to actually that you can cast on yourself or others to sort of test if their intention's honorable. Mm -hmm. So yes. I think that's a actually sort of brilliant spell because that's one of the questions that you might have, especially maybe maybe you have, I have as a public figure sometimes is what do these people want? Actually, like there's a lot right. of praise going on and I'm feeling uncomfortable. And you kind of given it acknowledges this to someone who sort of gave praise but didn't follow through and like you're kind of like worried about them. And it turned out then they later they talk shit about you and all that. And I think that Lucifer's spell is kind of a kind of brilliant spell in this way. It's like, well, okay, they it'll show themselves to be honorable or not. So it's quite possible in the modern age that they're quite honorable, but quite, quite socially maladapted. Like they cannot or or they're on the spectrum. And so their intentions are totally honest, but if you're right. on the spectrum, they might show show weird boundary issues or they're completely honest people, but might might feel off and mm -hmm. you're just not sure. So I think right. that's a doubly great spell. And it, like you basically say to also cast this on yourself because, you know, sometimes you need to check yourself. Absolutely. Uh, There's a lot about, of... about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, basically, I was going to say you got to check yourself uh, just to make sure you're sort of being honest about what your motivations are right make sure you're doing it for the right for the right reasons and you're you're not being kind of a you know a crappy human being because I, that's and that's one of the things that's why i say this is also a book of of self-work i mean it is it is a book of spells it is a book of, about human interaction but it's also a book about working on the self and even looking at yourself to say, hey, am I am I the bully or the asshole in this situation? Always a good thing to know, you know, to be honest with yourself. Because you can you can lie to everyone else all day long, but you can't lie to yourself. Well, you can, but you probably well, you won't. you can, but it's not going to last I mean, long. You'll know I mean, some down. Those, Yeah, I mean, like the Lucifer spell that, I mean, if effectively you would be lying to yourself. And then Lucifer would be like, uh, no, you're the jerk. Right. Sorry. <laughs> You're, you're the jerk. 
a lot of times I'm reading through it, there's stuff that is pretty business suave. Like, you know, um, don't necessarily have to tell a person they're wrong or stuff like that. But in the same token, you know, there's a black pepper spell to get rid of them if they're going a little too far, right? So this is kind of yin and yang in the book that like, yes, 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 you might be shy, but you know, maybe, you know, or somebody might be an underperformer and you could boost them up a little. But, you know, at the same time, you know, when it doesn't quite go as far as in the direction you should with coaxing, you know, pepper them, get <laughs> get them gone, right? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like you might be dealing with a really successful person and still don't necessarily have to, if they're not, if they're not really connecting with you or still don't let them take advantage of you. Kind of like right. there's this kind of yin and yang throughout all the kind of uh, all of the book that kind of, I think that's when I'm, when I was reading it, I kind of got that sense, like for every statement, there's sort of this, but, you know, kind of at the same time, there's like this, but no, nah, you know, if it goes too far here, here's the corrective spell or here's the corrective kind of pattern as it were. Yes. Well, because I think it's important to have balance. I mean, it's far too often things go, it's either toxic positivity or it's just all negativity. So you got to have like, got to have a balance. There's, you know, and every situation's different. Each situation is unique and only the magician themselves really knows what's called for. And well, sometimes they don't, I suppose, but for the most part, I mean, if you're being honest with what you actually need and you're actually seeing something for what it is, it's a lot easier to pick the right ritual working into it for that particular thing, whether it's getting rid so of someone or drawing someone in. So how does like spells like there's several spells like encouraging other another person and there's some spells for appreciating that another person, you know, what are the different ways that can work? Because some of these spells were really simple. Maybe you could talk about some of the spells and sort of how they work and how what what changes and how you see them actually working for a person. So I think I think what happens is like when we put energy into spell work, we're basically setting our intent and making ourselves hyper aware of the situation. So we're going to be more mindful. That's the first thing is you're going to end up being more mindful. And then the second thing is, is that once you've stated your intent, you're more apt to actually work toward that particular goal. So if, for example, say, you're working to, you know, appreciate others a little bit more, or maybe you're not feeling very appreciative of, appreciative of others. And you're like, geez, I really should appreciate other people more. You do a spell, you establish that intent in your head and you just become more mindful of it. And you may even become more proactive because of it. Even if it's, even if it's kind of subconscious and you're not really you know, paying attention. Cause once you activate that demonic energy and kind of pull it in, or even, even that energy of being uh, grateful or appreciative or whatever it is, when you activate that, I think it can work behind the scenes too, or, you know, the spirits can work behind the scenes to kind of help push that along and to send you gentle reminders in, in one way or another. So I mean, how it manifests, it's not going to be like, you know, you're going to wake up one day and you're just appreciative of everyone, but something is going to remind you like, oh, I should really be appreciative of this person. And maybe you'll make a note to yourself and you'll, you know, get them a card or some flowers or something, or even just say, hey, <clears throat> I really appreciate that you did this. Thank you so much. But you mean it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a proponent of, of giving appreciation and praise when it's earned and when you really feel it. Because again, extremely empathetic people will know if you're lying if you're if you're fake in any way shape or form i mean we've all been there we've all had you know the boss or somebody say oh that was a really great job and you could just tell they were just saying it just to say it because yep. you know yep. it was expected they didn't really appreciate you and you're just like yeah well, whatever i mean i think on the flip side of that this is kind of why <clears throat> on the flip side of that, there's a whole group of people who expect praise even if they don't deserve it right um and i think that increasingly common actually because of social media you know like um they haven't done anything to deserve praise um, and yet they expect it and if you don't provide it like then it's negative viewed negatively right right well and then they turn on you too yes so they, they do yes they, they do you so yes. in an instance like that it depends what you want to get out of them 
You know what I'm saying? If you want to get something out of these people, like it depends. If you want to find a way to work with these people, like if it's at work, you have to work with these people. You have to be able to get what they want or what you want from them. Like, for example, I don't think she's going to watch this, but I have a coworker at my day job who waits oftentimes until, you know, four or five o'clock to bring me the stuff that I need to do to close out my day. And it's usually a stack that'll take me an hour to do. So I end up staying late a lot of nights because she can't get it to me at a reasonable hour. Very frustrating situation. So I actually, I will praise her even if I'm not feeling like she deserves praise because she's one of those people who's very unreliable. You don't know if she's going to show up one day to the next. Um, when she does do it right, I will praise her in hopes that I can condition her to want the praise so that she'll get it done sooner. And I know that sounds terrible and that is pretty manipulative, but I want my stuff at a reasonable time so I can get my things done. So, so it depends. So like, but if, if there are people who are going to be that petty and get upset because you're not going to praise them for mediocrity, then you probably just need to, I don't know, I guess that's a lesson learned for them. You know, they need to learn that. And if they're going to turn on you on a dime like that because they're not praised for their mediocrity, you might as well just, you know, um, kind of just kind of cut them out of your life. And decide what, what type of role that person takes in your life, too. I mean, depending on that. I mean, because let's face it, like, you know, Facebook says everybody's friends. We're not really friends with all the people we're friended with on Facebook. Some people, there's there's like a, there's a spectrum. There's like, yes, there's people who know you in real life and you've known them since childhood or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then there's yep. people you've known for a few years, but you know them in real life. And then there's, you know, people you know casually from from, you know, this particular friend group or this this activity or hobby or whatever. And then there's people you know in real life that are just frenemies. Right. Yeah. And then there's people people you don't know at all who you've talked to a lot online, though. So you've had some interaction. And then there's people that you just don't know. And so you really have to, you really need to designate your friends into these groups. You need to be, you need to be discriminatory and discriminatorily put these people in specific groups and then ask yourself whether or not uh, how you want to cultivate that relationship with them, how important that relationship is. And I'm not saying you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to develop a friendship with, whether it's online or off. But I think you need to look at each, at each type of friendship individually and decide whether or not you're going to cultivate it by, by, you know, praising them for mediocrity or not. And again, I would say my mediocrity praise for people at work that you want to get something out of that you can't fire yourself. I mean, right. unless, you know, I should have, I should have probably thrown a spell in there for like a replacement because the only reason the one that I work with hasn't been fired is because you can't find anyone who wants to replace her. So, you know, there's always that right here. You can come up with the spell right here, right, right now. Right here. You can produce right now. Let's let's challenge your intuition. What's the spell for a replacement? Okay, spell for a replacement is to first of all have I would do some candle magic because I, I like the visual. I like having having visuals. I would, you know, visualize one as the person that I want to replace and burn down that candle to nothing and then replace it with a new one and visualize a new person in there. Institution. Yeah. Or you can replace it with a different candle. Yeah. Right. That's well, that's that's what I mean. Like visualize yeah, yeah. the person and then just replace it. Just like a, a symbolic replacing. Or, or just draw more applicants <laughs> to your call for for applicants. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Which would be a which would there's spells in here that are sort of like attraction spells that would actually do that. Yep. You know, I found it interesting too that you have a silence to credit critic spell <laughs> by a spirit from folklore by a spirit that I would basically think would be like silence the critics by any means necessary, and I don't care how it happens. My general interpretation of folklore is sort of like I want this to be gone by any means necessary. I don't really want to know how it happened, and I don't really care. I don't really care. Don't you tell inspired. me. You inspired the title of that uh, Beat Your Critics to the Demons. You inspired that. Just so you There you go. There you go, sir. I just just because I'm on the same page as you, Stephanie. You know, you know. 
I had to put a whole section in there about, about criticism because I feel like I feel like I'm the only person willing to talk about what it's like dealing with critics because a lot of people just pretend no, and they clam no, up I and think, they hide. I think on the on the influence book and what you're talking about, you really have we have. I mean, this is a good thing to move into because we really have to talk about that, and we really have to be honest about it. Like because the thing is about critics, not critics who like are fair. I mean, but haters. Right. You know? Right. Like, not the, not the not the critics, not the positive. Because I make a point in there to show you the difference between constructive criticism versus destructive criticism. There's a mm -hmm. difference. And people don't realize there is a difference. Yeah, I think I mean, being an asshole is constructive. It's not. Like, see, I could deal with a critic that we have a sit-down conversation. Maybe they disagree with some methodologies. Okay, mm -hmm. that's cool. Like, probably there's reasons that we would both agree and disagree on what those methodologies are. You know, it's a little harder to deal with haters who have a philosophical uh, philosophical disagreement. Those Those really can't be resolved. But that's not no. even the type of haters we're talking about. Like no. we're talking about haters who hate you and kind of trash you wherever they can simply because they want to be you. Yep. 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 And they're like the thing, they're just envious. But the thing is, it's like, you're right. No one really talks about that. No, because you're seeing from as petty an, you can do. Right. Oh, well, you should just, it just comes with it. But why does it just come with that? Like there's so many people I know on Facebook and who are creative that, Basically, their, they, their creativity gets destroyed because of this. Right. And creatives are very emotion, deeply emotional people. Anyway, I mean, we have deep wells within us that are just surging tides of, you know, emotion that yeah, we need out yeah. onto the page or whatever. Well, even if we're writing nonfiction, it's not like we're not putting a heart into it. Like, right. I'm sure when you write the cult books, you're like, you're putting your heart into it. And, yep. you know, you have enough yep. books that probably it doesn't hurt as much. But, you know... But still, like, you're right when you talk about and get under your skin and it affects all the other influence you're willing to do, like, and it can affect whether or not you even write another book, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, like, it's an important topic in influence book, because the, the side product of influence magic, really, of attraction, this type of attraction magic is no matter what you do, you're going to also attract haters. Yes. You call Astaroth for good... You call Astaroth for good friends. You're probably going to get three good friends and one really hate hater that wish they could be your friend, but are too selfish or too flawed or too or pretend to be your friend and then turn around and stab you in the back at some point. Right, right, right. Because it's to their be to their benefit. Mm -hmm. Because they get attracted by the light and they're just kind of kind of calm, and then they turn on your back hard, and you're like, "What happened?" And it's like, I mean, well, what happened is that. Ast this sounds weird to say Astaroth is the opposite demon of sociopaths, but it is. Yeah. yeah. It really is a demon that kind of promotes and in tries to promote mutual empathy and connection. Right. Which, which if, you know, you get someone like that and there's somebody actually has classic sociopathic behavior or, or psychopathic behavior, they're just not, that doesn't work, you right. know? That just doesn't work. And I think, you know, a lot of people who are not necessarily, not necessarily so normally toxic, but something about the fact you could just succeed when they're not just gets under their skin. Yes. It's like anything, anything you do, they'll, they'll have a fit and, and, uh, but no, I think, I think it's important to address that just because I've had entire groups dedicated to my downfall and that's no lie. <laughs> And you know, I, I had a whole website set. I had a whole website that talked about why hands-on chaos magic is the worst, and you should never actually buy. Like this is the one, one non-cast. It's not even a chaos magic book. Okay, it is asshole. But besides that, you wrote a whole. You took out a whole <laughs> yeah. web, web press site just for that. Like, right, right. Yeah. I mean, That's if I was a little, if I was more suave back then, more suave and like maybe now I would have taken the suggestion you have maybe other suggestions that you didn't put in here where you could vampirize the hate. I would actually be like, let's vampirize the hate. And then just put it into like a, a little vampirization, hate alchemy yep. talisman, and then kind of have it come out the other side with cash or something. I don't know. You know what? Actually, that, that, that's like, good. <laughs> that is really good. I actually, it's not in this book. It's actually in the preeminent curse. 
where I actually talk about creating a talisman where sent, when people send their negativity and crap to you, it actually alchemizes into your good fortune. So I actually have like spell for that or a ritual for that, but it's in like a totally different book. I didn't, I didn't, I don't have that book. I know. We could get a curse. We, we, oh, I should send you that. The preeminent. We could get that book. Yeah, we yeah, could get that know, book. You know, our happen. library, our libraries. Wait, our library is here. It's saying, "Feed me, feed me, feed me." <laughs> <laughs> I need to do another another dropship book order to you guys. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, I think so. With this, 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 this book and uh, Preeminent Curse. But I didn't even read that. But nowadays, try to do something like that. And Zach has actually seen me sit down and start yep. literally like cleaning myself up and then like bringing the hate around into like a, uh, not a talisman, but like in a mandala or like a. Yeah. Or an object like a, of some like, sort. Like a triangle or an object. And then like. After I'm done with that, I'm like, oh, I'm really tired. Take a break. It's in the object. Come back to it. Drain it all out and start like alchemizing and being like, all right, all right, let's let's change this, this raw base energy and put it through levels of formal alchemy to kind of transform bring it to transform it to prosperity. Yeah, we got a lot to work with here. So you know, uh, I I'm think I'm doing when... another magical model that's going to do that. I'm doing another one of the magic like the. I sent you the one. I'm doing another yes. one, but it's gonna yeah, be when, it's gonna be like it comes in at one point and then it kind of alchemizes through the entire model. I see. Yeah. When you write nice. when you write that book, I want to be involved. I think I would like to contribute. I think I have things to say. Right. <laughs> well, you I probably so. you use that model, I imagine. I have used that model. Yeah. 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 So I have the Soroth model. Well, laughing. What are you laughing about, Zach? It's huh, the pyramid. You've okay. seen the pyramid. No, I've seen the pyramid, but call it the the model. Like you have schematics and everything planned. <laughs> That's what it is, though. I know. Do you, I, know. I actually have like I have like actual like directions and like PDFs and all that stuff. I just have not like written it all up because it's it's pretty intense. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You know what we call that in computer science? That actual has a name for what we're doing. It's called a finite state machine. Like, and basically what you're doing is you're taking the energy and like you do this all the time in data engineering and uh, any kind of streaming data. We are taking the data through a state and then transforming it to different layers of state changes. Like until you get to an output level that's clean. Right. Or that has diff transformed data. Like it is literally in, in so many different engineering fields from fluid dynamics to computer science, where you're changing this, you're putting things into a state and then transforming it. If you think about like automation in factory automation, that's what you're doing. You transform raw materials to a state and that basically goes in a pan and then a state goes into another state chain and goes into another state change. So you're just linking tell really that model is just, right. it is a model because it's a, it's a bunch of individual talismans that are intended to be chained together. Right. Right. That makes sense. So the model is the best word to call it because you basically have to you have to flowchart out what the chain is. Right. Right. Well, and you can modify it too. Like if you you can change different parts of it to where right. it does different things. So that's that's kind of the neat part about the whole magical model idea, and I I love it, and that's why I chose like the the puzzle. The wooden puzzle boxes to do it with because you, you can clearly see stephanie when we're talking about it i get this he, he gets I, it <laughs> i've seen him do it so that's so fun it's it's exciting i get i'm kind of a nerdy that way i'm sorry it's all that's right. right we're all nerds in different ways so. <laughs> I'm, you're I'm, a good company i think so i think so so to end the show we we're talking ahead of the show about a certain little process that's going to come about that we're going to do July 1st. Yep. If you happen to be a sponsor, if you happen yes. to be a sponsor of our show for every two weeks, we will summon the 72 demons of the Goetia one at a time in store live and online. And every two weeks we'll be supporting that through actual like materials and and actually, probably Facebook group, maybe, uh, yeah, or something like similar. Something similar. Something similar it's... with actual lessons for each and every spirit, uh, and how to go about it. Of which Stephanie's book, the Goetia Urza and the Goetia 
magical primer. I forgot the exact name. Are going to be um, on the kind yeah. of well. There's there's Demonal Tree Goetia. There's the Goetia workbook, and it's it's called Seventy Two Week Goetia, yeah. which it's seventy two so, week, but it's got a lot of a lot of work with every single Goetic demon, and it's coming out in June. So right in time for the July. Right. So there'll be some required readings, one of which will be the non-chaos magic book by one person's hands-on chaos magic. Uh, you know, just to get the foundations down, probably demolishing magic and then the 72 things. And there will be a workbook that, that I put together with Zach to kind of customize how we're going to actually do that, which is going to extend some of the demolishing work from the normal triangle and triangle and circle work to tantra work with demons. Hardcore stuff, right? Once hardcore. you're not scared of them. Once you're not scared of them, like it's easy to kind of do a lot more, basically. Um, and the thing is, is we don't have the set price for every, if you buy it separately, but I guarantee you it'll be at least 40% cheaper if you're just a sponsor. So become a sponsor now and Specifically you can access a 10 to that. sponsor for this one. A 10 or better. And Stephanie, you know, she may, she sort of hinted with us that she might come into some of the, some of the workings that happen to, you know, that she might like, like there's a couple that she might want to see that she might just pop in and say, hi. Yep. Yes, I will. So definitely, definitely, especially even if you've like started, even if you've taken my Goetia class, my Goetia immersion, you really want to take this one because this one is going to be where like you're going to get it's not going to be all just like the self work and the stuff that you have to do on your own you're going to actually no. get a ritual where uh, you we're can... going to we're going to summon the spirit yeah at one it's... spirit every two weeks so right you know. and and we're working with the as as rl as uh, flame to actually get get 72 demon seals and granite slate uh oh, that might not be totally that might not totally be cheap Obviously, that's not, you know, we have all these kind of required stuff, but extra add-ins that, I mean, if you're going to do the work for every week for 72 weeks. Yeah, uh, right. Right. Having, yeah. having small slate, having small slate, granite slates for each demon is probably a good idea. It's really helpful. It is. They have, yeah. they have I mean, something. I, I've got like a whole, I've got the little, I've got the little seals even. I think. I have those seals too. I got the yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah, so did I. Well, actually, a friend got them for me, but yeah. Yeah, I actually, love them. Like, somebody bought great. that for Christmas present. Love them. Also, we have like, well, we, we have, have one person. Decks. Yeah, one of the persons has been using the Goetic work for a similar thing. But we're going to have that all kind of available. The Goetic deck as optional things or, or the slates from the Alberta store. You know, that Azrael Flame is kind of, he was on last week talking about how he makes all his stuff with CNC machines and stuff like that. And blesses the CNC machines and uses your ends, Stephanie. Yep. So, so there we go. So, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to make a big deal out of this for the people who need to be more balanced. We're even talking about adding an extra thing to the workshop that, you know, having many angel stuff like not many like I'll go over it uh, to say that this is the angel that would normally be a, or Shema Forest that would normally be associated with that demon and do like a meditation with that. Mm -hmm. That's sort of more, that is literally more the dragon rouge path that they do both at the same time. And we'll have that option available. I don't think it's necessary. I think I don't have the notion of demons or demons as particularly mal maleficent, but if you do, or if you think it's a little bit more harsh, this, this, we are going to include that as part of that. So if you're really interested in having this and remember, we're going to summon those spirits one week, every single week, like not every single week, every single two weeks. So people have enough time to do the research. And not only that, like if you're in Toronto, you could just drop in for an actual summoning and we're going to make it available online too, you know, and kind of maybe the first four weeks from July 1st, we'll be kind of getting you up to speed on all the tools just having discussions and then we do the first then we'll do the first summoning and have all the shem force stuff ready to go and have everything ready to go um and that's going to take so, you guys you know that's going to take like three years to get through right well whatever. if you do uh, like that whatever. i just figured i'd throw, throw that out there so y'all know well you know what that's okay you know what that's all right that's what all good all good <laughs> no i just noticed a lot of people are like are we done yet and it's like no we still got like you know we still got like four months to go Five, well, yeah. the thing is about 
the thing about our sponsorship is that's not the only rituals the store is doing. So right, right, like right. So like you know, like there's also basic witchcraft classes and stuff that hey, you could be part of. So right. this is like thirty nine ninety seven a month for all that is. It's a pretty good deal. It's yeah. a bargain. Plus, they got the three years worth of content from the past, and they got access yep. to our library. So. Right. Right. So, yeah. And right, like right, like Stephanie just said, she's going to bring us some more books. Like, we had somebody come in just yesterday, ask for certain type of Hindu books, which are harder to find because there's not much good material on practical <laughs> Hindu magic. But we're trying to find some. Also, if you know any practical Hindu magics, anyone watching, tell us so we can put it in the library. We'll get them on the show. We'll get it in the library. We're totally interested. I've never seen any of practical Hindu magic. I do it, but I've never seen it. So if you know about it, hook us up. We'll get, we'll, we'll talk to the person. We'll get them, get them on. Now, Stephanie, that said, besides the potential probable appearance on, july 1st or or soon after uh do you have anything coming up i am going to be at the botanica obscura conference in march uh so if you just go to botanica botanica obscura conference.com you can check that out and it's not just me it's like a lot of different speakers i'm like i feel like completely a novice with the whole plant magic thing compared to some of these people because they've actually like made their career working with plants but I'm doing I'm doing a presentation uh, there on on working with the divine intelligence and plant spirits. So nice, nice, yeah. nice, super That's nice. Pretty much it. Any new books coming out? Like you feel like you you crank these books out once every month, practically. Yeah, <laughs> I I do. Um, I have like mostly. I should just seventy two week Goetia is. Like I, I should just I should just invoke your divine intelligence to cause me to write at the speed <laughs> at which you are capable of producing these books, which is amazing. It is. Well, I'm always writing something, but next maybe next time I'm on the show, I'll have more to announce. But that's pretty much it for right now for the first six months of the of the year, anyway. Excellent, excellent, and yes, yes, for three years we'll be doing the Scoetic workings. But I don't, uh, I think people will find it more fun than they think. It's a little different too, when you can actually see an in-person ritual. Right. And not all the rituals will I be doing like Astaroth. Zach's going to do that one for sure. I'll be there. I have a good relationship and a good with Astaroth, but that's, that's what he gets, you know, like for payment, for payment, I'll be doing the ritual for payment at Mm -hmm. four folklore. I'll definitely be doing those rituals. Right. Yep. Probably. Probably, and it's not just the Goetic spirit. We're going to add a couple spirits to that list of demons we actually summon. So I should specify, we're going to also add, like, you know, probably Klonuk, Balfagor, Luciferge, Rokale, probably some other entities that sort of make the corpus of demonology that are strictly Goetic spirits. Yep. I think, I think it's great that you guys are going to do it. It's I'm excited. Let the hate begin, right? We'll, <laughs> right. We'll either get, we'll either get hate or not. Like depends. It's weird, you know. Well, let's yeah. put it this way: we got three years. We're calling up demons and demons, so hate all you want. <laughs> it's gonna happen whether you like it or not. Right. <laughs> I think. I think. You know. I think we have a store that, um, honestly speaking, in Toronto, we are not the new age store. I think people realize that. I think people realize that with the amount of herbs that we have for not typically just get these five herbs that you kind of use and you're done. Like, you know, and I actually fit, think that fits the general vibe of East Chinatown, maybe not every area, but East Chinatown, I think that's right. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, you know, there's a lot of people who do magic in Toronto. They just don't come out to things because they're not interested, but you never know. Maybe this will be the start of people actually coming out to more interesting things, you know? And I mean, that that's, that's how it is. And, you know, like I said, I'm well aware that some people might get a little unbalanced and the dragon kind of rouge path is this kind of combination. So we'll try to try to throw that in on top of that for the people who really need it. Yeah. Any other things we have going on, Zach, besides my tarot class? Tarot class, Baphomet, and then we got our basic witchcraft courses. Or That's right. That's right. Up. So as soon as we finish the tarot class next week, Every two weeks, we're going to start doing basic witchcraft topics, pendulums, you know, different stone combinations of spells. You know, if you're a noob, you kind of 
just need to see how to do some basic spell work, we'll kind of walk you through that. That's going to be for sponsors, kind of where we go for a little while till we start to, till we get everything together for the Goetia's classes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it will take us about six months to get everything together for the Goetia stuff. That it is. That it is. <laughs> it was kind of a serious commitment, but you know. Fun times. And so, fun times. So, yeah, you know, basic witchcraft classes. And we do intend it like. A lot of it will kind of be taking what's in hands-on chaos magic, which is a combination of hoodoo stuff and kind of going over the conjure stuff and candle magic stuff a lot more in details and stone magic. And obviously, since our whole stick is herbs, we're going to have like tea magics and foot bath magics and bath magics and food magic. Which whatever we spice get magic. herbs into, incense magic, whatever the herbs can get into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're in Toronto or you're not in Toronto, but you can, you, you're a sponsor, you get access to all these things. So we have a lot going on. And hopefully, hopefully I have to make a call and show my appreciation to somebody after I get off the call after the show, because that's the topic of the show. We're going to have another wish shrine. Our wish shrine will be built. Our dead shrine's already built. And people go out there and pray. Every other and day, we see somebody out there praying to the public public dead shrine. And people keep giving us stuff. So it keeps their keeps energy growing. keeps getting better. Yeah, it keeps growing. Like people gave us like uh, candles, remote control, like remote control candles, like LED candles for the hall. You know, somebody else gave us a Hermes, also associated with the dead. Uh, yep. You know, I I put some Hakate stuff out there and some Baron stuff out there and some Voodoo stuff out there. Like, so people keep bringing these like talismans for their gods so people can have a public shrine. Uh, even if you don't have the space in your house, you could just go to the hall. And even if we're not open, if you text us and say, I just want to use the shrine, we'll come down and open the door and you don't even have to like buy anything. And, and, it's, and it's highly consecrated that people hear footsteps outside in the hall while they're in the studio. Yeah, we should say that now people hear voices and I feel like we've done a good job of haunting our floor that, that we, we are have. on the fourth floor, <laughs> 607 Gerard Street. I feel like as a magician, I could take pride that other people feel that our hallway is haunted now. Yes. That makes Wouldn't you take pride in... I know, right? Well, you know, we, we should talk about that off air. We should <laughs> plan something yes. out, right? Like We absolutely should. So, but but I know, doesn't that kind of like make you, wouldn't, if you had a public hallway that you had gotten haunted, wouldn't that make you feel pride as a magician, Stephanie? Yes, absolutely. I, I kind of do. I kind of feel like, you know, my work here is done. I feel yeah. happy about it. Like, kind of, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a little, it was throwing me off too because I would hear voices while we're in the center and I'm like, who the fuck's outside the door? And Zach's like, bro, that's, that's all the dead things now. Yeah. That's all the dead things. <laughs> Cause I'll peek outside and no one's there. And then I look, I'm like, what? Nope. It's dead things walking around. <laughs> so in addition to that shrine, we're hoping to get a second wish shrine set up. That's been a little delayed, but that means that's another public shrine. You just come up here on the fourth floor if the door front door is locked, we'll say, just call us. Our number's on the front door. We'll come down, open it up, say, do what you got to do. You can leave your wishes in the shrine, like a Shinto shrine. You just tie it to the wish thing, and then we'll, you know, the spirits will take care of it. I mean, that's not guaranteed success, but we are real magicians, and we know a lot about Shinto magic. So your chances are good. All this is sort of our way to kind of build back to community, get back to the community in a real sense. Not, not in a kind of fake sense, like we're really trying to actually build a magical community. Even if you mm -hmm. don't have the money, maybe one of your wishes will get you enough money that you can kind of buy some stuff from our store and help us survive. You know, we're trying to pay it forward. So, you know, here we are. four four six or 7 Gerard Street. Two shrines. One shrine already done. As a third shrine, that is halfway done. And the artist is ready to start on it that we are. There will be a Buddhist shrine by our elevators that will be assured third public shrine available yep. for people who want to do Buddhist work. And the artist, we have a real talented artist who's volunteering here and, and will help us out with that. And we're going to start building uh, paintings and drawings of that, of the different Buddhas that are going to be all right there. And they're all going to be actually blessed. And yes, me and Zach have worked out a technique for making art drawings be blessed from the start. 
Yeah. Totally, totally talisman monic from the start. And those things will be available if people want to sit in the hall again by the elevator and just pray. Uh, we're in East Chinatown, so we know there's a lot of people of Buddhists, but they can actually come for real and connect to an actual talisman of those Buddhists, not not necessarily a fraud one or a fake one that just sits there. No, it, by the time they go up on the wall there, where that, that little shrine is going and getting built, we have done multiple rituals over them, mm -hmm. near possession rituals. So, again, hardcore. Come up here. Right. Just come up here, even if you, you don't have any money, even if you just need to get connect with your ancestors. There's a lot here that's going on for you. We know things are getting a little tougher. And we really, we really are trying to create a community, uh, not just, you know, cash. We're really trying to make a difference. So if you're in the Toronto area, come up here and come make a difference with us. And with that, stay well and healthy. This is Deep Down the Rabbit Hole. And you never know, maybe we'll be able to get Stephanie to come up here in a day, day festival or two-day festival of magic. Between me, her, and Zach, where we do crazy shit. You want that? Keep bugging us. <laughs> yeah, keep bugging us. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Crazy weekend of magic, right? Of course, the Goetic working will have to be one of them because we're going to be doing that for three years, right? <laughs> Three-year three commitment right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, have a great night. It was great for the people who came on like the last kind of at the end, we'll see you next week. Who do we have next week? Aren't we doing techno magic next week? Next week, I get to Uber Geek, don't I? No. Nope, it's uh, Conjure at the Crossroads and Graveyard. Okay, yep, yep. Yep, we have those books. They're really good Conjure books about how to do Graveyard and Crossroads magic, which are more similar than you'd think, as they're both types of Crossroads. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone, have a great night. We'll see you next week. Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole is sponsored by the Queen City Curio and Apothecary in Toronto, Ontario, proudly in East Chinatown. Our store is at 607 Gerard Street East, Unit 401. Just take the elevator up to the fourth floor and we're right there. We carry the finest spiritual goods for all spiritual paths. Whatever you are into, we can help. Check out our full public library of occult materials with over a thousand books. Accessible anytime the store is open. Check us out online at queencitycurio.ca. Be sure to leave a wish at our wish shrine right outside our door. You never know, it may just come to pass.